Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, yesterday we learned that all of the Broadway theaters will be dimming their lights for exactly one minute on Friday, February 28th at exactly 7.45 p.m. in memory of the late Zoe Caldwell, who passed away last week. Um, I'm glad to see that we didn't need a hashtag for this one. Uh, yes, please. We shouldn't need it for anything at this point, but... Here's a story that I probably shouldn't be telling on the air. Ooh, good. But, I love it. But on uh, January 1st, I published an article on Broadway World. I don't write much on Broadway World anymore, but mm. I did write something. Oh, yes. Uh, I remember this. Okay. It was it was the stuff like the 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 hindsight we learned, the, the 2020 yes. hindsight yes. we learned from things. And one of the things, actually, I think the thing that might have led it was to just dim the lights for everybody. Right. So, exactly. So my boss, the CEO of Broadway World, Rob Diamond, he apparently had a meeting with a certain representative from the Broadway League whose initials are CSM and just a just a casual lunch. And the only thing she had to complain about was that article. So I felt very vindicated. Now, of course, the Broadway League. D- That's passes a the buck. Of honor. Yes, the the Broadway League passes the buck and says that they aren't really the ones who make the decisions. On it's really this mystery council of oh, theater yeah, owners. Right. But if that part of my argument in there was like, why does this need to be a secret? Why can't we just make say who exactly. makes the decisions? So that was part of my argument. But I did feel very yeah. uh, honored that that you should miss CSM. Uh, <laughs> actually read the article let alone uh was so annoyed about it to comment to rob two months later (laughs) that is a badge of honor honestly absolutely uh if you're annoying people then you're doing something right i think for the most part nine times out of ten some people are just some people in journalism some people are just annoying yeah yeah in journalism maybe on the subway train maybe not but that's a whole other thing yeah <laughs> um, so if you want to support all of the rabble rousing and annoyingness that I am, head over to patreon.com <laughs> slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. We have a lot today, and we are going to start with some big old A-list news. As yesterday, the New York Theater Workshop announced the cast and creative team for the previously announced production of Anton Chekhov's Three Sisters to be directed by Sam Gold. Now, First and foremost, we had originally thought that Heidi Schreck would be pinning the adaptation. Apparently, she's um, not doing that anymore because instead the script will be written by the equally fantastic Claire Barron, who wrote yes, the uh, Pulitzer Prize finalist show Dance Nation a few years ago, amongst other things. So that is awesome. But when you look at the cast, you're like, oh, God. This is a play off-Broadway, not a movie, because the cast will be led by Greta Gerwig, Oscar Isaac, Steve Buscemi. Steve, first off, Steve Buscemi. Like, what? He hasn't done a show <laughs> right? in I the know. theater since. He apparently did The Resistible Rise of uh, Arturo mm-hmm. Uwe with yeah. Al Pacino back in the day, but that's the right. last time. But then you've got Emily Davis, who was the star of Is This a Room? Incredible. Uh, another great opportunity for her. Then you have stage and screen star Chris Messina, who used to do a ton of theater, um, including he's been on Broadway and done a bunch of stuff at Williamstown. But then he went off and became a big TV and movie star. He was Mm -hmm, in Argo. mm -hmm. He was on The Mindy Project. Uh, That's great. And then you've got Quincy Tyler Bernstein, who was the lead in Mary's Seacole um, a season or two ago. You've got TV and film star Lola Kirk in the cast as well. 
um, and more. And that's not that's only part of the cast. It's an absolute um, embarrassment of riches for this Three Sisters cast. Uh, tickets will go on sale for the production on April 1st, but... You can guarantee your tickets now by becoming a season subscriber to NYTW. This is the last show of their 2019-2020 season, but you can kind of do a wraparound season where it will include this and their 2020-2021 season. The show will begin previews on May 13th and is currently set to run through July 12th. Ashley, I feel Mm. very comfortable in saying that we can go on the record and just say that this will be the hardest ticket to get of the 2020 spring theatrical season between the talents involved and the very limited space at New York Theater Workshop. Um, yes, absolutely. On both counts. I have no doubt about that. What a killer cast. Embarrassment of riches is right. It is. It's just dumb. <laughs> it is, like, yes. save some talent for all the other shows. It really, like, it's so stacked and so much so that it gets both theater and screen people through the doors. Like, that is everyone you can imagine. It's it's really bonkers. And I, and I love, I mean, Sam Gold has worked with Oscar Isaac before, but... I love yeah. the fact that as his star has continued to grow th- via film, whether, you know, kind of starting, I think, kind of with Ex Machina, mm-hmm. and then he did all the Star Wars stuff. Um, he's become a legitimate A-list movie star, oh, yeah, but he definitely. has continued to do New York theater and oftentimes off Broadway. Like, I don't think he's done a Broadway show since um, he's become a big star. He's no, done a bunch so, of yeah. Shakespeare in the park before him, yeah. but since he became a movie star, like he's only kind of done, I think he's done something with Sam. He did Hamlet with Sam gold. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, I just, I'm constantly impressed by these folks and not just Oscar, but uh, right. you know, many others as well who become ginormous stars who take two to three to four months off of when they could be making millions of dollars shooting a movie to do a theater project. And obviously they're probably very well compensated, you know, in relation to other off-Broadway actors, but not compared to the millions that a studio is going to give them to do some tentpole movie. So I'm just, I'm very pleased that someone like Greta Gerwig, who is coming off um, a phenomenal year, you know, becoming an Academy Award nominee and how big Little Women was, she's not going to be directing something this summer, you know, spring and summer. Instead, she's taking some time out to do some checkoff. So I'm just very pleased that these talents continue to come back to theater. Yeah, that's a lot of it. I mean, especially mentioning Oscar Isaac, you go and you get that Star Wars money and you come back and do the thing that you really (laughs) love to do. Yeah. You get that Star Wars money, you can probably do whatever the hell you want for the rest <laughs> exactly. of your life. But, Star Wars you know. money, Marvel money, anything you want. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get let's get Greta Gerwig some of that Star Wars or Marvel money, by the way. Please, yes. Let her direct a Marvel movie and also Seriously. still not be direct, nominated or <laughs> nominated for director in that case. Yeah. Well, yeah, no one get from Marvel gets nominated. But anyway. Uh, all right, Ashley, let's speaking of Marvel money. Um, exactly. (laughs) We have news from the ever increasing number of movie musicals currently in development in Hollywood, because on Monday, the Hollywood reporter reported that Captain America himself, Chris Evans, Mm -hmm. is in talks to join Greg Berlanti's big screen remake of Little Shop of Horrors. I'm sure that Robbie Rizal breathed a sigh of relief when he realized that he was not playing Seymour. He is too hunky to play even Seymour. Um, he is close to, to signing on to play Dr. Oren Scrivello DDS, apparently. The article also confirmed that Evans' Avengers pal Scarlett Johansson, Tony winner Scarlett Johansson, by the way, um, and Taryn Edgerton are still in talks to play Seymour and Audrey, respectively. But the article also confirmed that Billy Porter has officially signed on 
to voice Audrey too, a Very role which it. he did in a production of the show in Florida that was supposed to be the pre-Broadway run of the revival that eventually ended up starring uh, Hunter Foster and Carrie Butler. I think they changed pretty much the entire cast, so he didn't go to Broadway with it. But this is a role he has done before. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, as a whole, I, I'm really into this this alleged cast. Uh Maybe Sans Scarlett Johansson, who I am again, notably again, not a fan of. Very glad that they cast an Asian American woman. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> as far as Chris Evans, though, I'm. He's stated many, many times that he really wants to do a musical. So I mean, putting him either on stage or screen, I'm fine with that. It's not like he's a stranger to the stage, considering he's done Lobby Hero uh in in what the past two years so at least yeah. familiar with the broadway stage and off-broadway stage so i'm i think i'd be into that as far as him playing uh dr orange scrivello billy porter well, and- i'm always a fan of i think billy porter you know i would love to have a love to have him do audrey and love to have it uh, Audrey, Audrey, and, and or Audrey too, because Audrey I would love both. to see him do Audrey as yes. well. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, can you imagine if there was a circumstance where someone did both Audrey and the voice of Audrey too? That I would think be Billy interesting. Porter could be that person. Yeah, I look in terms of Captain America playing Orin, like Steve Martin's not exactly a singer. And he did it right. in the original film. So, like, he doesn't have to be a great singer. He just has to be able to kind of hit some low notes and he'll be fine. But exactly. here's my problem with Billy Porter as Audrey, too. I love Billy mm. Porter. I, I mean, dating back to, I can't tell you how many times I listened to Beauty School Dropout from the Grease revival when he was a teenager. Very fair. So I love it. But to me, I've never heard somebody not have that bass or baritone that is the only, do the Audrey, yeah, too. The only distinction of that. Yeah, and and I, I'm sure if anybody can do it, it's Billy. But like, uh, to me, that's what that part always sounds like. So I'm very open to being um, shown a different way to do that role. But I just that's what I always I want that. Feed but I, me. but even you know? I mean, in the Pasadena version, we had Amber Riley do it. So yeah, there's I did not see the, that one, but yeah, there's always room for the wiggle room there. And I think you know. Yeah. Billy wiggle, Porter wiggle, is wiggle. certainly having his moment, so why not get someone that big in that role, as well as someone as totally. big as Chris Evans in that role? Yeah, and well-deserved. This is not a Billy Porter thing. It's oh, just a, no, a yeah. casting thing where I like I want that that rumbling mm-hmm. bass from Audrey, too. That's fine, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ashley, let's check in on the Broadway grosses from last week. Since the week previous to this one that we're looking at had had not one but two holidays to contend with, I'm not super worried about shows that had week-to-week declines, but there were a few that had strong increases over the Valentine's Day slash uh, President's Day weekend frame. Hamilton. In fact, picked up 210k. The Lion King rose almost 168,000. Frozen jumped 86k in the first week of their new principles. Wicked and Dear Evan Hansen also rose more than $50,000. Now, six actually had the largest jump of all, but that is at least partially um, explained away because they went from five to eight previews last week. But that did get them a rather nice 335-ish k gain. Overall, the main stem was down 6% to come in at $29,195,910, just about $2 million short of the previous holiday week. 
Hamilton topped all shows at $2,763,625. They were joined north of seven figures or in seven figures by The Lion King, Moulin Rouge, Wicked, Tina, West Side Story, despite having opening night and all of those comps mixed into the middle of the week. To Kill a Mockingbird, Aladdin, Beetlejuice, Ain't Too Proud, Frozen, Town, Dear Evan Hansen, Cursed Child, The Book of Mormon, and uh, that little old six coming in at one million eight hundred fifty-five bucks. Wow. Yeah, not bad. Um, while six is doing very well in previews, Girl from the North Country is not. It dipped fifty-seven k to come in at five hundred sixty-two thousand dollars. Actually, not horrible. Like it's mm-hmm. not shut it down now horrible. No, but the producers certainly have to be hoping for some sparkling reviews and awards consideration to get that number up. Mm. They are actually performing on uh, the Tonight Show on Tuesday night tonight, um, so mm. hopefully that yeah. will get them a little bit. I, you know, the word of mouth on this one is always a little weird. I Very really like so. the show off Broadway. Um, it got mixed reviews off Broadway, um, but I'm wondering if you know not having a critical darling of this season can give it a little bit more legs than it might have otherwise had. Maybe. Yeah, as you said, it's 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 a tough one to kind of promote. And it also, I think, it uh, has the disadvantage of being sandwiched with shows right now like West Side Story and Six and Soon to, have, soon to Be Company mm-hmm. that's going to be opening up at the same time as all these other very highly anticipated shows. So I'm sure, the produ- as you said, the producers have to be looking for some really great reviews uh, for this coming Broadway bow because it might get a little bit lost between those shows. Yeah, so I- I'm-, I'm hopeful for it because I did... There was a lot in it that I enjoyed, but speaking of things that I enjoyed, actually, I have two recommendations, both from the New York Times. Mm. I'm not going to get into them very much because we're already, uh, we've still got some more news to do. Mm -hmm. But the first one is an article by Karina Del Valle Skorsky, and it is about West Side Story, but fear not, it is not about the Amar Ramasar casting controversy. Uh, The author of the article is of Puerto Rican descent, and the argument in this article is to let West Side Story and its stereotypes die, Um, which I think is probably 60 years after it was originally produced. Mm -hmm. It's probably a fair argument to have. Sure. The other one comes from Ben Brantley, which is I don't like recommending, Mm. but it's a really interesting article. (laughs) As part of their spring preview at the Times, this article is talking about how Laurie Metcalf became the Sarah Bernhardt of Broadway. Interestingly enough, there was a play about Sarah Bernhardt uh, a few uh, season or two ago that she did not play. (laughs) But talking about how over the past, you know, five years or whatever, six, six, five, six seasons, she's done a show every year um, and she's been stellar in all of them. So. Um, very and interesting. Will, and that will continue. Yes, of course it will. And, you know, and then we've got not only is she doing Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf this season, then we've Death got Death of a Salesman next Death season. Death of a Salesman yep. next season. It, I mean, at some point, we're just going to need to name a theater after her and let her do something every season. I'm in favor of that. Let's do it. Let's do Totes. it. All right, Ashley, let's knock out some of the rest of the news from yesterday. First up, the Huntington Theater in Boston announces 2020-2021 season, and it will kick off on July 28th with the tour of What the Constitution Means to Me, which will by then be led by Cassie Beck, who will take over the role beginning in June. The show also announced new tour stops as well. Also coming to the Huntington will be a production of Oscar Wilde's An Ideal Husband, starring Callista Flockhart. That was Ooh, out of nowhere. That's very uh, out of nowhere. That, yeah. The sh- that shocked me to my core. 
Yeah, the show will run from September 25th through October 18th. That's a mighty short run for Calista Flockhart to do. I have to wonder if there is any intention to try to bring that to Broadway. You would think so. At least, like, plans in the back of the head. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't do... I I can't think of any theater that she's done off the top of my head. And she's L.A.-based, so it's kind of surprising that she would do a run for, like, three weeks of of an Oscar Wilde show in Boston and not have plans to do it on Broadway, but who knows? Sticking with out-of-town news, on Monday we learned that the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis and the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Mass., have co-commissioned a new work from gazillion-time Tony winner Mark Rylance and Peter Reeder. The work will be a play cycle called Steel, which will be directed by Claire Van Campen, who is Rylance's wife, who has also directed him in Nice Fish in Farinelli and the King. The press notes say that Steele tells the story of the 1892 Battle of Homestead, Pennsylvania, when, during a lockout, thousands of workers at Carnegie Steel Company clashed with privately hired security guards. The battle resulted in numerous deaths, and it's considered pivotal to the history of U.S. labor relations. No timetable has been announced for the project. Yesterday, we also learned the casting for the upcoming off-Broadway premiere of the musical adaptation of the Academy Award-nominated film Trevor. In the title role will be Hudson Lavero. The show will begin performances on April 7th at Stage 42. And finally, Ashley, during the after show of Watch What Happens Live on Sunday... Tyra Banks revealed that she was working on something Broadway-related. She didn't say if she was writing or producing a show, or if she was going to be acting in it, or if she is perhaps going to join Chicago or something. Um, So I have no idea what it might be. But, Ashley, what do you hope, finally, after years of clamoring for it, brings Tyra Banks to Broadway? Oh, uh, Devil Wears Prana. (laughs) <laughs> that's actually like that's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> I mean, just saying. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right I'm, there. It's what's right the one there. where she played like a uh, like an anthropomorphized doll? Was that a <gasps> oh, movie she did? Is that a was that a? Oh God, what was that? I know what you're talking about. Unfortunately, <laughs> life Cause, size like, maybe. Yes, it called I, life size. That, that sounds. Close to right. It was a least. television film, apparently. Yes. Okay. <sighs> that that's such a musical version that, of that. That's what she's coming to Broadway and they're gonna adapt yeah. it for stage. Yeah, I mean, I'm there for it. I mean, uh, why not? Also, yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> why not? We've got something for everything. Yeah. All right. That is, though, all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. You know, I looked up because I was curious when uh, Miss Calista Flockhart was last doing New York stage stuff, or at least like off Broadway or Broadway stage stuff. To bring it back around, she the last Broadway thing she did was the roundabout revival of The Three Sisters. Really? In Not the most recent one, 1997. right? Right, because did is it didn't uh oh no, that was the cherry orchard that mm. uh Celia just did a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And well, then good for her. The vagina monologues in nineteen ninety nine off Broadway and the glass Everybody menagerie. Everybody did that. <laughs> exactly. In nineteen ninety four she did Glass Menagerie Roundabout. So big with roundabout. Very good. Well, who knows? Circle Maybe Roundabout will bring this in. That seems like a very roundabouty thing to do. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, James Marino will be bringing you the show for Wednesday. I will, I will be singing. 
I will be seeing the uh, national tour of Mean Girls. Uh, and James, uh, our thoughts are with James and his family. They had yes. a uh, death in his family. And uh, so he's going to be kind of flying solo, putting that together because no one's schedules matched up. So our thoughts are with uh, everybody in James and Laura's family. And uh, why don't you guys send him some thoughts as well. Uh, but he will be bringing you the show on Wednesday morning. Until then, everybody have a great week. And I guess I'll talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.